How's it going? I hope you've been enjoying this series, Let Your Yes Be Your Yes, where we've been exploring the concept of integrity. Uh, I want to start off today with a very complex illustration. So please don't be stressed if it goes over your head, uh, if you need to re-watch this section of the message a couple of times to really let it sink in, that would, under that would, that would make sense. So here's, the, uh, here's what you need to know about the principle of the path. If you follow a path, you end up at the end of the path. I know, I told you it was pretty complicated. I'm not sure if you all got it. Uh, in case this isn't coming across on screen, obviously that was a joke. But the principle of the path is that, that if you follow a path, you end up at the end of the path. If you set off on a path that leads to a certain destination, you end up at that destination. It's not rocket science, but it is a great principle for life. Because if you picture two diverging pathways and just picture one going to the left, one going to the right. If you set off on the path that goes to the right, you're not gonna accidentally end up at the destination of the path on the left. You're gonna end up on the right-hand destination. And that's because, as Andy Stanley says when he talks about this principle, direction, not intention, determines our destination. It doesn't matter if you intend to end up at the left-hand destination. If you take steps to the right, you end up on the right-hand destination. So what could these two destinations represent in life? Uh, maybe they could represent uh, generosity or control of our time, our talent, and our treasure. The biblical concept here, of course, as Proverbs says, is one person gives freely yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. You can't take undue steps towards having total control of your time, talent and treasure and trip over and end up as a generous person. The, the two paths could represent Empathy or judgment. In Matthew 7, it says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? We can't have the, the feel good or the, the high of judgment and feeling better than other people and then trip over and be seen as an empathetic person. If you don't take steps towards being empathetic, you won't end up at that destination. Those two doors could be pride or humility. In James it says, God opposes the proud, but he shows favor to the humble. Those two doors could be living our life by faith or by what we see. And 2 Corinthians says, we walk by faith, not by sight. Those two destinations could be actually putting God first or just appearing to put God first because that's what I'm supposed to do because that's how I was brought up. In Matthew 6, it says, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father does know that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Those two paths, those two destinations, that could represent integrity and life shortcuts. Proverbs 11 says, The integrity of the upright guides them but the faithful are destroyed by their duplicity.
If we want to end up living a life of integrity, we have to walk the path that leads to integrity. And that involves walking a lot of paths. It involves making a lot of choices that ultimately lead to being a person of integrity. And you know, the great thing about the principle of the path is that it doesn't really matter how far you are down the wrong path or, or down a path that you realize you don't want to be on. You can always go back and change which path you're on and which destination you're headed towards. It might take a bit of work, you know, it might be a bit hard fighting through the forest to find that other path, but the option is always there. And the person with integrity will notice when they're on the path leading to the wrong destination and make that change. And, you know, the thing about integrity, and actually Rick always uses this saying to talk about faith, and I use this saying to talk about priorities in life sometimes, but the thing about integrity is that it's personal, but never private. It's personal, but never private. Why do I say that? It's because eventually people are always going to see the path that you've taken because you'll end up at the destination of that path. So when I say personal, what I mean is what's going on behind closed doors. It's what's up to you. It's up to you which path you choose. It's up to you those first few steps down either path. People aren't going to notice, but it's not private because eventually it is going to be broadcast and it is going to affect others. I was trying to think of an example from my life and, and the one that came to mind is it's a little bit funny because it's about an organization, but I hope you'll bear with me and I hope it'll make sense. So before I was a pastor, I had an entirely different career. And right at the start of that career, uh, I was working for an, a national level company uh, and I was working at hotels in the city doing sound and lights for corporate events, uh, which was my whole career before this. And um, I, I enjoyed working there and, and I had a pretty good sort of run there. I worked there for about three or four years, I think. And I worked my way up from a smaller venue and, you know, the company kept on saying, oh, you know, we really like you, you're working really well. You know, we want to move you here. We want to give you some more responsibility. And I ended up at um, the sort of second biggest venue in Melbourne as the crew leader. So I kind of had a few staff under me. I was uh, responsible for all the training. I was responsible for all the trainees that came through the venue. Uh, we did a, a new install of audio visual equipment. It was my responsibility to make sure the crew was up to speed and we had a plan and that the first few events went really well. Uh, so this all sounds really great. Uh, but I know you, you can't possibly believe this about a national level company that's on the stock market. Uh, but in that time of working there for four years and going from just being an absolute junior to being this crew leader, uh, I had exactly one pay rise, which was a CPI pay rise increase, despite moving to bigger venues and taking on more responsibility. And of course, this was a conversation I was having with my, uh, you know, direct superiors and, um, you know, love me or hate me. I, I like to believe that my direct superiors did actually care and, you know, the no pay rise was really a result of, you know, the big machine running. But that was a bit of a tension, but I enjoyed the job. Uh, but, you know, after three or four years, uh, I heard I'd always felt called to ministry and I'd been presented with an opportunity to come and take my first position at Gateway on staff, which was just part time, two days a week. So obviously that didn't fit in with having a full time job with this company. So organized to sit down with, you know, the manager for venues in Melbourne and uh, we caught up half an hour before a shift. I told him I was finishing up. 
And I told him why, which is because I, I wanted to go work for the church and obviously, you know, that didn't fit in and, and, and I was honest and, um, and that was the reason. The money wasn't the real reason. It was kind of on the side, but, um, you know, it didn't really help me, you know, want to stay. I suppose that there was no money, but 15 minutes after that meeting ended, I got a call from the head of production in Sydney. He was like, oh my gosh, we thought you were going to be amazing. We want you to have more responsibility, blah, 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 blah. And right at the end of the call, he says, is it about money? If it's about money, I can get you more money. And I said something to the effect of, you couldn't pay me enough to work for this organization anymore because I've been asking for this for three years and you've been putting me off about it. As an organization, there was a lack of integrity behind closed doors somewhere. Like I say, some of you think I'm an idiot for trusting the people directly above me and blaming the machine, but somewhere in that organization behind closed doors, there was a lack of integrity that could not remain private when the rubber hit the road. And the same thing happens in our life. There are personal decisions. There are things that happen behind closed doors that look okay for a while, but they can't remain private. They always come out in the end. And so I guess this whole series, it sort of comes down to, we're wanting to encourage you to seek integrity, both because it's good for us personally and because it's good for our spiritual walks. And I think one of the questions I talk to youth, but that I think applies to all ages, I talk to them about this all the time, is who do you want to be like? We just had a series recently where we talked about the fact that we're all in the process of becoming. We're all becoming like someone. We're all becoming like something. We're all getting closer to showing or not showing different values. No matter your age, we're all in the process of becoming. So who do you want to be like? Maybe just take a moment and actually think about that right now. Who is there around you who's worth emulating? And let's go one step deeper. What made that person worth emulating? Maybe if you run a company, maybe you don't want to be like the company I worked for, which by the way is basically in the gutter now. And I'd like to think that's because of their lack of integrity. Not that I want anybody to come to harm, but you know lack of integrity, right? So maybe it's about your company. What do you want your company to be like? Are there companies worth emulating? And what made those companies be worth emulating? And the answer is their choices. The answer is the paths that they followed. They picked paths, they picked destinations, and they took the steps to end up there. And now they're a person or a company or whatever worth emulating. So let's look at an example from the Bible uh, about someone worth emulating and how integrity led them to an incredible experience of God. We're going to look at the story of Daniel. Uh, we're not going to look at the cool bit with the lions just yet. That's actually going to be next week. Uh, but I want to start off with the very start of this story, uh, which we find in Daniel 1. And King Nebuchadnezzar orders the chief of his court's officials 
to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from royal family and the nobility. So King Nebuchadnezzar, he's just like beating the Israelites. And what he basically says is when he conquers a nation or a large city, he would take captive the best and brightest young men and bring them to Babylon and make them citizens to help grow his kingdom. It's a pretty smart strategy, really. And he asked the chief of staff to bring him young men without physical defect, who were handsome, just like me, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. And these guys are winning. They get to live in, in the palace basically instead of doing hard labor for the rest of their lives like pretty much everybody else was. And when they got to the palace, the king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. This is like light and easy gone crazy. Food wasn't easy to come by in the ancient world and this was the best of the best. And these young men were to be trained for three years and after that they were to enter the king's service. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. He chose a path of integrity. He chose a path that he knew might cost him something, but he chose it anyway because it was the right thing to do. So he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Now, I think the obvious question is, why is the food the thing that he decided to take a stand on? And the reason for that is that King Nebuchadnezzar's food was blessed by and provided by, in King Nebuchadnezzar's mind, the Babylonian God. And therefore, that Babylonian God, not Daniel's God, who's our God, would be credited with Daniel's health, intelligence, and success when that food kept him healthy and propelled him on further. Long story short, the chief of staff gives Daniel and his mates a 10-day trial on the godly food plan provided to him, and him and his mates end up looking better than anybody else. And three years later, when they enter the king's service, they're top of the class. Daniel made up his mind ahead of time what his priorities in life were going to be, and he had integrity about that. He chose a path to put his God first in every part of his life, no matter what it might cost him. And where did it lead him? Well, before the bit of the story you're thinking about, in Daniel 6.3, it says, Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Of course, the administrators didn't like that. So they got him and his mates and they put him into, Ah, oh, you almost got me, but you're going to have to wait till next week for the end of that story. This series is about integrity, and we've talked about it a few different ways, but the way that sticks with me is the rubber hitting the road version. Doing what you ought to, even when it costs you. And you know, I have this challenge whenever I think about integrity. I have this part of human life that I think is an issue we all have. And that's the fact that we're gentle on ourselves and hard on others. Like when somebody cuts me off in traffic, what an idiot. Of course, if I cut somebody off in traffic, ah, oh, it's just a genuine mistake. Come on, give me a break. Everybody has to cut somebody off once in a while. But the path you choose is only gonna get you to the destination of that path. And for me, that's the heart of integrity. And so the question I want to ask you is, which path are you going to choose tomorrow morning?